K-Pop Unmuted, a podcast dedicated to in-depth discussion of K-Pop. We're your hosts, Stephen Knight. And Scott Interante. And on this episode, we're discussing the Wonder Girls. Oh no. That's, right? This would usually be our monthly roundup episode, but when the Wonder Girls disband, you know, you may have to change your plans. Yeah. This is, uh, right. this is a big one. I mean, we've had a lot of groups in recent time disbanding. Right. This one, for me, is the biggest. Yeah. The Wonder Girls are one of the most important groups in K-pop history, I think it's fair to say, and they're, uh, they've been one of my favorite groups. I mean, you could kind of see it coming. You knew that the contract termination date was coming up, and you knew that they were in contract negotiations, which is never a good sign, but I really was optimistic about this. Yeah, well, you know, I think what is most upsetting about it is that they didn't all do the same thing. Right. That Yubin and Lim stayed with JYP and, you know, that they didn't, like, all do this together. I don't know. I I wanted to believe that they were all on the same page, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's one reason I was optimistic, because their contracts were all synchronized. You know, sometimes you have, especially in a group that's had so many member changes as the Wonder Girls, you sometimes have people that have different contract terms. So, you may have somebody who wants to leave at the same time that someone else's contract terminates, but they, they're they still under contract. But in this case, they all had the same date. I assumed, I guess naively, that JYP, you know, if the terms were right, would prefer to keep the Wonder Girls and, of course, keep them together. And I also assumed that the members would prefer to stay together and that they would either stay with JYP if they could work out something that they liked or that they would all, as a group, move off somewhere else and you know they might have to change their name but pretty much keep the wonder girls together right right now do you think i mean i know that they have officially disbanded but do you think that yubin and lim will like put something out with jyp together as a sort of almost like what happened with tvxq well you know a lot of these companies tend to keep the door open if they can like for example who knows if miss a will ever put something out but jyp entertainment has said there still is a Miss A, you know, at least for the time being. So when they say they're disbanded, I tend to take that a little more seriously, that there's not right. going to be any more Wonder Girls. There might be some Yubin or Lim or something, but it's not going to be the Wonder Girls. Right. Now, what I'm kind of also very upset about is uh, Yenny's solo project, Hotfelt. I would imagine that if she were to continue putting out solo music, she wouldn't be able to put it out under that name. If that was released as JYP, I don't know. That would be the... the only good thing about this is if she had to change that name. Or something else. <laughs> oh, I, well, I guess I'm not going to spend a lot of energy defending the name, but the music okay. was great. Yeah, yeah. So... No, I agree with that. And that actually may be one of the reasons. I mean, I have to think that Yenny or Yenny is the most likely suspect for someone who just wanted to do something else, didn't want to be in the Wonder Girls anymore, was tired of having to wait for whoever made the decisions about when they're going to release something and what they're going to release to make that decision and who cares whether she agreed with it or not. She she seems like the most likely suspect as the one who pulled the plug on the whole thing. I guess, yeah. Which in a way is okay because I, I agree with you. I liked her solo project and if she has some more freedom to do that kind of stuff, that's at least a little silver lining to it. Yeah. Well, so should we talk a little bit about some of the Wonder Girls' history? Yeah, they have had a very complicated history, a pretty long history. And we talked about 
some of the highlights on our CL episode with Patrick St. Michael, if people want to go back and, and reminisce, especially about their attempts to break into the American pop music market. Yeah. And then, you know, you and I were just talking about the um, kind of interesting tidbit that Hyuna was in the Wonder Girls when they first were put together. That's my favorite fact, you know, 4 minute is probably as much as as any group is the group that got me into K-pop. And I remember when I found out that Hyuna had been in the Wonder Girls, that just totally blew my mind. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking when 4 Minute broke up and Miss A had an empty spot, that would have been perfect for Hyuna. <laughs> they needed, or Miss A needed a rapper. Hyuna has her history with JYP, but that was not to be. Yeah, not to be. Yes, she actually um, made the debut with them on Irony. But then I guess what it was like, health issues sort of pulled her out of the group and Yubin came in. Yeah. It's interesting to think what the group would have been like if Hyuna had, had stuck around. Yeah, it would have been kind of interesting. She's kind of a different energy mm-hmm. from the rest of the group. I think, you know, she, I don't know, to me, and maybe that's just what ended up happening in four minutes, but she's such a, a kind of dynamic, dominant presence that I think the chemistry would have been very different within the Wonder Girls. Yeah, I think in the Wonder Girls, they're they're so uh, dance pop oriented that having a, a rapper as one of the dominant personalities, I don't know if that would have worked as well. Right, right, absolutely. But they were a very popular group, at least from Tell Me, their second song. But they really, I mean, where they really made their mark on K-pop, I think most people would agree, is with uh, Nobody. Right. And I think we would be remiss to not point all of our listeners to Yakob Dorov, friend of the show. He, his website, Capendium, has a really long, in-depth post about this song, Nobody, by the Wonder Girls. It's the third installment of the series. I did um, a, a little bit of consulting musical work on it but it's a really interesting take and sort of amongst other things it talks about how this was jyp's response to g and the popularity of snsd and their sort of move to like the modern wave of k-pop and this is jyp using the wonder girls to you know match that popularity uh, yeah and another point that uh, Jakob makes and you may have contributed to too is that it's a real turning point in K-pop in terms of production techniques and production quality. I'm not enough of a historian to evaluate that claim, but it seems reasonable to me. I mean, just looking at the Wonder Girls releases, it certainly is a noticeable step up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just sort of changing from like that earlier K-pop stuff to what we would call the Hollywood wave. It's taking that next step forward. And it's also a a really great song. Yeah. Kind of silly music video with JYP, uh, uh, in the the bathroom stall, but, <laughs> but it's really kind of an unforgivable music <laughs> yes, video. It really is, yeah. Especially if you're trying to introduce it to a, oh, a new audience that's likely to be skeptical of what you have to offer. I mean, just the length of it alone, let alone all the you know the bathroom humor and the focus on JYP. Which what has he got to do? Right, yeah. Yeah, right? if you don't know who he is, it's yeah, out of context it's a very weird music video. 
You know, there's another interesting thing about the video. Of course, it's very purposefully set as a sort of a Motown concept, I guess you could say, visually. But the, the song isn't necessarily that Motown. I, you mentioned when we were planning this episode, uh, Be My Baby. Right. I thought to myself, you know, Be My Baby is sort of like nobody in that they're kind of Motown, almost doo-wop songs. And then I went back and listened to them. And they're not, they're not at all. Right. I, and, and I'll sort of talk about Be My Baby later in the episode. But with Nobody, yeah. I, I do think that there are elements of that, the sort of uh, rhythmic elements and the hand claps and the chord structure, which Jacob talks about in this piece that I had discussed with him. It sort of models off of this like circle of fifths chord progression, which is maybe most associated with I Will Survive which is like a later song. I mean, it's like a disco song. So yeah, musically it is kind of um, detached from the visual elements in a lot of ways, but I do think that there's some some of that there. That's another good reason to go back to that article, by the way, is there are some clips that are included in them that play that chord progression for you and help those of us who don't have uh, a lot of musical training to hear what you're talking about there with that chord progression. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it lays it out really nicely so that you can really hear what we're talking about. And I think maybe one of the other things we should talk about before we get into some of our favorite songs is their reinvention in 2015, where they had this comeback where, okay, now they're a band and they are are sort of playing these instruments uh, and their album Reboot aptly named i mean this is kind of coming off like a two-year hiatus almost yeah there were some solo projects uh yenny we've agreed to call her for this episode so (laughs) yenny uh and sunmi had done so sunmi was out of the wonder girls right for until 2015 but some really great solo stuff oh yeah 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 so then they came back with this live band concept although musically it didn't quite track because it was this sort of retro 80s pop synth pop sound but they were also playing instruments it was kind of confused but also very cool and in particular it it was promoted with this series of teasers in which all four of the members are playing their instruments that they've learned uh and they're not playing any of the songs that end up on the album they're just like showing off hey i can play these instruments which is really cool. I think it was one of the the more unique things that has happened in K-pop, especially in the, in recent times. It was actually, I mean, I guess the album was so good that I can't complain, but it oh, was yeah. a little disappointing at first that it was nothing like the teasers because some of those were really <laughs> great. Yeah. I mean, this means jumps out, but but all of them were were pretty cool. Yeah, no, yeah, the bass one, the Assume Me, right? Right. Yeah, that that was the, my favorite as well. But they were all cool. And, the, you know, they sort of did the kind of played along with the full band concept when they were promoting it and doing the stages for I Feel You. Although yeah. they weren't really playing or I don't know. <laughs> they played, they had a showcase where they played. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't remember how many opportunities they had to actually play. But they did, they did from time to time. They were on... Uh, what is it sketchbook i think they may have played live on there so they had a few opportunities where they did 
putting the teasers aside, which I was excited once I saw the teasers. But one thing about Wonder Girls with me is the word comes down that they've learned instruments, they're going to be a band. And a lot of people were very excited about that online. And to me, I thought, no, I, I do not want Wonder Girls to be a band. Why, do, why would I want Wonder Girls to play drums and guitar and so on and be a band? And it turned out, like you said, it wasn't exactly what I imagined. It turned out to be a great album. And the same thing kind of happened with Why So Lonely, that the last thing I want is is a reggae (laughs) song from the Wonder Girls or a reggae-inspired song, and yet it turned out to be a great song. So so what do I know? They they kept surprising me. I think you just have uh, bad instincts. I think that's... (laughs) Well, what I'm interested in actually is you're saying, why would I want a band concept from the Wonder Girls? So what is it about the Wonder Girls like to you... What were the Wonder Girls? What was that identity that you thought would be betrayed by a band concept? Well, there's two sides of it. One is that I've kind of purposefully walled myself off from rock band concepts and K-pop because I only have so much I can pay attention to. There are rock bands that I like and that I listen to, and I really don't need to try to follow anymore. So that's part of it. But part of it is what... And and along those lines, what is it about the Wonder Girls that makes me think that they are going to do that better than people that that's what they do? But uh, to your point, to me, the Wonder Girls, they do dance music. It doesn't have to be one particular style, but I don't associate great dance pop music with people sitting behind a drum set and singing into a microphone and uh, standing behind a keyboard and that sort of thing. Right, and I think that ultimately when the album came out... It turned out to be, you know, what you're talking about. It's 80s dance music and sort of impressively cohesive. The whole album is like that sound, which is interesting in its own way, where K-pop very rarely does that. Yeah. Outside of maybe IU also has very coherent albums, but it's more of dance pop than rock band, certainly. I think the keytar was the key. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's all about the guitar. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, so maybe we can talk about some of our favorite Wonder Girls songs from throughout their career. Yeah, so we thought about maybe talking about an earlier one and a uh, and a later one. One of the releases that I've always really liked from them is So Hot, which is a pre-Nobody release. And I think it's reasonably typical of what they were doing before then. Uh, it's a pretty simple song. The production is fairly simple. I think it's a lot of fun. I've, I've always liked, you see it a lot more in rap than, than pop, but the sort of over-the-top boasting can be a lot of fun. I mean, the whole song is about how they're so hot and <laughs> so nobody can will leave them alone and this sort of thing. The video sort of along the same lines. I think what really hooked me on that song is the, the repeated syllables. Yeah. It's, it, it really makes it sticky and fun and it's something that you see in not just that song i think it's worked well for them but that's that's part of what makes that song a lot of fun to me to listen to
Yeah, I mean, that hook is so weird and and interesting, the way they repeat hot and it's, it's kind of breathy and it stands out because it's kind of different. And the rest of the track to me is, you know, it sounds cheap. It sounds simple. Yeah. It sounds a little trashy almost, you know, but that that hook, the way they sing that is so interesting that I think that's yeah and the chorus out. is is repetitive and you know sticky but the I, I think it's really in the verses where they take turns wet that's and usually you know I guess not the hook's not always in the chorus but this song has more than one hook to it and maybe the simplicity of it adds to adds to that yeah absolutely yeah so what is your uh, what is your pick for an early yeah so so i know we were sort of supposed to do like early and then late i'm gonna do two middles okay that's okay so we can build a a wonder girl sandwich um (laughs) so my first we we talked about earlier is is be my baby which is you know like you were saying this is one of the early k-pop songs that i heard that like really cemented my interest in the genre Mm-hmm. And I don't know, there's there's so much about it. I think it really is just like a perfectly constructed song. But to your point earlier about how it was maybe visually styled off of a Motown kind of thing, but not as much sonically, I do kind of disagree. I mean, the name shares its title with the Phil Spector song, the Ronettes, Be My Baby, of course. Sure, sure. I think similarly, this borrows a lot of production style where you know phil Spector was all about this wall of sound where he would have you know three pianos playing the same thing and three basses and uh four or five guitars and a string section and a horn section of 10 people or just all of this sound to create these really um dense sonic textures for the pop songs and be my baby the wonder girl song does the same thing but it's all these layers of synths Right, so it's different in the sense that it's not arranged like it would be in the 60s, but it, it has that same spirit. I think, you know, the harmonic progression, even melodically and the, the rhythmic stuff. I don't know. I think that there is a lot of similarities there, even though it's surface level. It's very much it's like a synth pop thing. Well, maybe I am putting too much emphasis on the instrumentation because as soon as I hear it, I'm expecting this Motown sound and I right. think, what, what is this? <laughs> right. It's very different. Right. But also, visually, there's a lot of reference to single ladies like Beyonce. And I do think that that musically is in there as well. You know, so it's also interesting, the Beyonce music video, the choreography in Single Ladies is actually a Bob Fosse dance that his wife did. It's called Mexican Breakfast on the Ed Sullivan show, and it's actually the same choreography. So there's also this connection to the 60s with that. I don't know. I've sort of lost my thread of what I was talking about, but this song is really great. (laughs) Yeah. No, well, I'll I'll buy it. I'll buy this as uh, as a Motown. I mean, like I said, that's the impression that I've always had, but then when I try to take a closer look to it, um, without, especially without watching the video, right. um, it kind of threw me. Yeah. So what else do you have? Well, so moving on to 
post nobody, I thought I would pick one from the reboot album, which is a difficult task because there's so many good ones on there. And and what I want to talk about is Don't Play or Baby Don't Play, which is the first song on the album. I have to say, I, I kind of struggled with this at the time, but I do agree that I Feel You was the right choice for the single right. from that album. I do think that is a little bit better song. And I'm especially reluctant to say it because, you know, JYP has written enough great songs. He doesn't need another <laughs> single. You know, I'd rather have one that the Wonder Girls were more uh, involved in writing. But I do think that that is a little better. But Baby Don't Play is a great song itself. And as you were saying, it's it's very true to the concept of the album and that 80s sound. It's got that synthy bass line that makes you think you're listening to a soundtrack from Top Gun or 48 Hours or, or something an interesting thing about it is, even though it's very much a throwback, the production value is much higher than the pre-Nobody songs. You can really tell that it actually wasn't made in the 80s and certainly right. is not an early K-pop song. Another detail that I really like about it is the it has these uh, horror movie strings in the background. <laughs> you know, yeah. we talked before about how something a little dissonant can add spice things up a little bit, and uh, I think that I think that works well. That's I I've never thought of them like that, but I guess yeah. I I see what you're saying. You can see Jason is just lurking in the background <laughs> there. You can tell by those strings. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this whole album is is so great and um, really good. They did a good job. It's, I would say probably, arguably the the best K-pop studio album, studio length album, right? I mean, maybe Pink Tape from FX. Yeah, a, Red Velvet and and FX have and maybe Shiny. I don't know. Brown Eyed Girls. There's yeah, a lot of true. there's a lot in that competition, but certainly I would put it in that category. Modern Times with all those I other do. ones. Yeah. Yeah. My other one is like this, which is also stuck in the middle. Uh, of mm-hmm. their career it's actually sort of the end of that first era i guess right before they did like money with akon and try to do the whole u.s thing right is that after this yeah that u.s thing lasted a lot longer than i thought it did yeah so. i know it's actually kind of similar to so hot in that it's a very um simple stripped down Again, almost sort of trashy musically, the beat. Yeah. But then it's just so much fun. Their vocals are sort of chanty and yelly and silly. And of course, the music video, I think, is what really sells it. It's this candid camera. I mean, it has to be staged. It's like a flash mob. It's like like a flash mob. Yeah. I mean, they show up in the middle of this outdoor mall and they start dancing and then everyone's dancing and it's great. But it's filmed (laughs) like it's, you know, candid. Yeah, I think it matches well with the vocals, like you're saying. It's very unrestrained, sort of just having fun. Exactly. Not about yeah, it. they're just like doing a flash mob. Yeah. And Lim has like the loose pigtails and the, the dip dye, and it's really great. I don't know. Everyone is just like having a good time, and, and so it always stood out to me. Again, this is like this song came out as I was just getting into K-pop, so it was like one of the first releases that I was like a fan of the group already. So this was like, yeah, really, really exciting. 
Yeah, I think there was some comment in the the Capendium article that this might have been a good choice for for the U.S. market rather than uh, like money. Yeah, like money is not. I mean, you can see why they good. thought like money would work, <laughs> right? That just the style of like money seems like something that I think that's one of the problems with some of these attempts to break into the U.S. market is, you know, the agency will try to change the music to match what they think U.S. tastes. Are, and they just sort of end up doing a you know minor league version of what people are already listening to. Yeah, absolutely. So also, if we're talking about like money, I want to direct our listeners to another piece. Uh, there's a guy, Trevor Link, who used to write really amazing stuff about K-pop and has left the scene and vanished. I, I don't know what he's doing now, but he had a blog on Tumblr called Occupied Territories, which is weird name but if you if you search out occupied territories 10 k-pop songs i loved in july 2012 he does a, a roundup of songs that came out that month and has a really really interesting and great in-depth discussion of like money by the Warner girls along with uh, other songs as uh, tiara and glam and 21 and Gangnam style wow what a month <laughs> God, I'm like looking through this right now. What a what a month that was. And Boa, only one, my favorite Boa song. Oh yeah. That's nice. I wanna I wanna ask you something about that song at some point. But I, I think it's funny the thing that jumps out to me about that list is glam. I'm like, oh I miss glam. <laughs> yeah, we need more glam. <laughs> Party XXO. <laughs> uh, well, I think maybe there's one more thing worth saying. They have, I'm, I'm supposed to be happy about it, but for some reason, I, don't, I won't say for some reason, I, there is a very good reason that I'm not. Uh, the Wonder Girls are supposed to release another song, right. a goodbye song or something Remember, to the fans. I, think it's called. I was thinking this even before I even found out that Wonder Girls broke up recently. I, I was anticipating the 21 song, and I thought, I don't think I've ever seen a, or heard a good song that was for the fans. Yeah. You know, a lot of times somebody will put out groups that aren't necessarily breaking up, but they'll say, oh, we did this one for the fans or an album will have a song and that song is dedicated to the fans. And they're always It's just terrible. a bad ballad. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we should talk briefly about Goodbye, the 21 Goodbye song. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, there's some nice 21 harmonies on there and it's, you know, there's some pretty parts to it, but it's not, it's not worth listening to really as a whole. Right. I would prefer to remember 21 by some of their other songs rather than. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's, it's the same with Wonder Girls as, you know, I, I'm not uh, very hopeful that Remember will be a memorable song you know i'd rather them just go out on why so lonely which is so great yeah that's the thing i'm saying right now why so lonely is their last release yes and i'm sticking to that <laughs> sounds good well you know there have been other things going on this month that we have not yet talked about uh and so maybe we can move on to our unmuted k-pop song segment where we each talk about a, a song that we're particularly into this month and uh Stephen, why don't you go first 
Sure. As we mentioned, even on the last episode, there seems to be so many releases so far this year. But the song that I picked is Susie's solo release. Right. Susie from Miss A, of course. I like the concept. I like the song. We're getting a Susie who is grown up and sort of dark and complicated. You know, this is the nation's first love. And I'm totally buying into this image. You know, uh, Sohyun came out with her solo release this month and she's sort of uh vampy seductive which i mean she has all the elements to make that work but for some reason i'm not buying mm, that but yeah. Susie, as mysterious and troubled and complicated i'm totally in on that the name of the song is yes no maybe <laughs> which is a pretty good title and i think it works well in the song there's there's a couple of things that stand out to me about the song first of all you know, the song is about somebody who's confused about a relationship, as you could probably figure out from the title. And I think it's it's interesting how the song starts out sort of chaotically. It has this weird vocal sample, and it takes a little while before it sort of hits a groove of a nice, smooth, more dancey song. But it does give this feeling of disorientation a little bit at the start. And then at the end... It sort of does the same thing in a different way. The song just ends very abruptly, and you sort of feel like, what, what happened? And, you know, that's consistent with this idea of confusion that's sort of part of the theme of the song. But it's all it also lacks resolution, which I think is very appropriate for a song called Yes, No, Maybe. I mean, you, you get to the end of the song, what is it? If you watch the music video, I think it's no. But uh, the song, just the song itself, there's, there's no resolution to it. I really like Susie's vocals on this. We go along when they tell us what the debut, you know, Susie's had a lot of solo and duet releases, so we've had a chance to hear her sing a lot. I think she she has a reputation as a not a very good singer, but I think she has a really pretty voice and she shows some pretty good range in this song and and I think she does a great job with it. Yeah, I think it definitely fits the style of the song, definitely. Mhm. So, I've been into a weird little release called Honeybee, which is FX Luna, Honey from EXID, and Solar from Mamamoo, put out by Mystic Entertainment. I'm not sure how they convinced these three people and their agencies to make this happen. Um, That's one of the more, more amazing things about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I mean, I like the song and I like the video and that's why I picked it, but I think yeah it's it's mostly just a curiosity of how this how this even exists but it is you know this up tempo kind of sexy sexy track it actually f- feels like it should have come out last year when there are a lot more of these kinds of songs but you know all three of them sound great even Hani although you know she is uh, clearly the the weakest singer of the yeah, three Yeah they don't give her quite the highlights of Yeah the she doesn't sing as much but she looks great doing right. it yeah, but, but, you know, all three of them have this very fun energy, and the music video, you know, they're just sort of dancing around this bar and having a good time, wearing a lot of denim, and the song is like, you know, it's this up-tempo, catchy, hooky thing. It's certainly not uh, revolutionary or anything, but it's just a catchy song, and 
kind of a, a curiosity of, of how it exists in the first place. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. It's kind of over the top yeah. in, a, in a good way. Yeah. And, you know, they, they talked about, uh, I'm sure they will not promote it in any way on any show, but they did talk about maybe they will. So <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's Mystic Entertainment just, you know, trying to uh, get some more money out of it. But who knows? I mean, it would be maybe a special stage. Yeah, or yeah it would be pretty something. cool for them to do. I don't think it's popular enough to warrant that, but it would be cool to see the three of them together. Yeah, you would you would think, or I guess the cynical view of it is that some marketing person thought, you know, wouldn't it be great to get these fandoms all together? This will be a huge hit, right? I mean, it's it's a kind of a great combination from that point of view. And like you said, it hasn't been hugely popular, but uh, hopefully they thought it was worth doing, and and we'll do other things like that. There've been there've been a lot of interesting collaborations. I think maybe the SM station project has facilitated that or encouraged right. that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and speaking of which, Sonny put out a new song, I Am Me. He does this around every year, him and some female idol. They're usually very big hits. We've had amazing songs from him in the past few years. This year comes out with Hwasa, my ultimate bias. You know this. <laughs> yes. You have the whole, the Hwasa pin. Yes, I have a Hwasa pin. She is not in the music video. Wow. So like that I don't seems know like a fail. I, yeah. Like I don't know what they did. It's not like the these are big hits every year. So so why they wouldn't say like hey, let's wait, let's figure out the scheduling, let's make this happen. I don't I don't get it. I don't know. It's a good song too and she she doesn't sing that much in it. It's not like a, as much of a duet as some of the other ones, but still yeah. I I don't get it. Why she's not there. Well, you know, speaking to that of scheduling I wonder, maybe I should just take a closer look at the Honey Bee video, but were they all together at one time? I sort of get the feeling I, that maybe they might have filmed they, that separately. Yeah, I, I think it's all separate. I'd have to watch again closer, but I don't think they're ever together. Yeah, I mean, they're all like supposedly in the same room, but in situations where you could very easily <laughs> cut them together. Right, exactly, yeah. But yeah, so um, Honey Bee is a lot of fun. I am me, my unofficial pick. Also fun, <laughs> just uh, lacking some wasa. Yeah. All right, great. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, this is sad. We had a good time, but this is this is a sad moment. It is. I mean, I guess we should be philosophical about it. None of these groups are going to last forever, and if, if they go out on a high note and there's still some possibility we might get some good music from them, I guess we should tell ourselves that it'll be okay. But, you know, like, we've had big groups come and go, obviously, and, you know, I, I just don't know what's next because... 21 broke up and all of a sudden there's Blackpink to take their place, right? And I don't right. like it, but it's there. And four minute left and now CLC is going to be the new four minute. But who is who is the new Wonder Girls? Well, you know, it's actually kind of fun to speculate or interesting to think about because JYP has a lot of pieces around that they need to figure out what they're going to do with. You know, they've got there's three of the members of Miss A. You've got Somi, who, you know, didn't make it onto twice, but uh, won the Produce 101 show and and was a big part of IOI. And there's rumors that she's going to debut. She doesn't really strike me as a solo artist, but they may try that. You've got, you know, Lim and Yubin now. And 
I don't know, is there some way that you could put some of these people together and and do something? I mean, probably not, but I don't know, a Frankenstein group of remaining members of Wonder Girls and Miss A. <laughs> it it would just be sad more than anything yeah, else. It would. It would. And Somi is so young and right. these oh, these yeah, other yeah, yeah. people have been around for so long, it would be sort of odd. Although Kara, it worked out pretty well for Kara. Young G. That's true fit in just fine she was a totally different generation yeah and those releases were actually some of my favorite Kara songs yeah they were great yeah so all right that's what i'm hoping for that makes me feel better maybe i don't know (laughs) (laughs) just keep telling yourself that yeah well hey you know if uh if you guys have any thoughts on uh wonder girls or you know what your favorite songs are or who you think the new wonder girls will be let us know on uh facebook or twitter at kpop unmuted so be sure to follow us there subscribe on itunes or stitcher google play or wherever you get your podcasts uh you can follow me on twitter at scott interante that's i-n-t-e-r-r-a-n-t-e and uh steven where can people find you on twitter i am at tennessee appeal very cool and thanks for listening and we will talk to you next time